0: Good morning. Seems weird with a big hole in the middle of the church everywhere where people were stood a minute ago. Um, Before I start talking, could we run the video first? Just a quick little video just to introduce this new series we're looking at. Thank you. Well, we're on one of those famous Roman roads heading into Rome behind me. We've been developing this new resource on the book of Romans, surely. The most influential letter that's ever been written. And just as all roads lead to Rome, we're encouraging you, get involved in this Romans course. It's going to help you get confident in the gospel. Paul's mission in writing Romans is to unite the believers and to raise their confidence. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he says. It's the power of God for salvation. Let Romans inspire you as well. It feels like we've been inspired already this morning, doesn't it? Does your heart feel warmed? I'm just so delighted to be able to share this gospel message that we've seen lived out in the life of Ailif and Gunai. What a pleasure, what a privilege to be here and witness and stand with our brothers and sisters and say, yes, come on, let's do this together. Let's journey. Let's see the power of Jesus at work in people's lives today. Isn't it exciting? I should have done it. Isn't this exciting? It is. It's good news today. It's so good. And um, yeah, we're starting this new series on exploring the letter of Romans. And when you think of uh, the book of Romans, you, you might think of this. I like that picture of a Roman, this chap just eating his pat lunch by Hadrian's Wall. Uh, you might think of it as, oh, it's a weighty, heavy book. It's just, oh, it's Paul's greatest letter. It's this, oh, it's weighty. You might be someone that, as you start thinking about the book and the the, the kind of meat that we're going to be digging into, you might be going, oh, Romans... It's, oh, it's so much going on in it. Oh, you might be like one of my favourite Christmas characters, the elf that's just like Tigger and going, "Yes, it's Romans! I can't wait to dig into some of this stuff." Wherever we're at today, my prayer is that we see it a bit of a journey that we're going on as we go through Romans. This is an amazing hill in the Lake District called Helvellyn that I've climbed with my family, and it's beautiful. It's stunning. Um, I could tell you a lovely story about how we got halfway up with our little dog and my young Erin at the time, about age 12. The cloud came in and it all got a bit tricky. And so they turned around, me and Callum, we can do this. Callum, age 13, we're going up to the top and we reached the top. The cloud came in, the snow was on the ground and we were like, we're not going down off striding edge. That's the bit I wanted to do. But I, I did well just to find my way back. But that exhilaration of climbing a mountain of feeling near to the Lord and trusting him and even more exhilaration and awe and wonder as I came down in one piece was amazing. And I pray that Romans is like that for us, that we go, oh, it feels like we've got to conquer this thing. It's a big thing. But I pray that we meet with Jesus as we dig into his word. He always promises to be good and faithful when we seek him. J.I. Packer says this, Uh, This is the view from the top, and there's that striding edge bit that I never got to do. I'm going to go and do it. I am going to do it. Paul uh, Packer says this, Paul's letter to Rome is the high peak of Scripture. All roads in the Bible lead to Romans, and all the views afforded by the Bible are most clearly seen from Romans. We're going to get this hilltop view that Romans brings as we look over all of Scripture and go, ah... That's what Paul's doing. He's pulling all of these threads, all of these bits together to help us see Jesus more clearly as we stand and look out from this book of Romans. So I hope you're excited. I hope you're up for the challenge of being transformed just as people through the years have been changed and transformed as they've read the book of of Romans. People like Augustine and Luther and Karl Barth, these kind of legends and heroes of faith. Am I open This morning, Am I open, just like Alief and Gunai have been open to see what the Lord is going to do in my life? Am I open to be transformed as I read his words and dig into it? There's a little image there that the Bible Society have put together to sort of help you see, and I'm not going to explain that at the moment, but we're on this little journey down here. We're going to start with the Gospel today, and we're going to journey through sin, salvation, peace, freedom, hope, mystery. Devotion, community and mission. We're going to go on a journey in these next 10 weeks leading towards Easter, seeing Jesus as Paul unpacks this amazing letter to us. And so you might be thinking, well, what is this book of Romans? What's it about? Well, it is written by Paul. It's this letter to his friends, to these people that he knew. And it was written by Paul, probably from Corinth, I think, and it was probably written around 57 AD. And he introduces himself with these amazing words in verse 1. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. Other versions sometimes say, a slave of Jesus. Literally means, I'm going to put my trust, I'm going to serve others as a servant. And in a world where 30% of the Roman citizens were slaves, Paul proclaims to be this slave of Jesus Christ. He's not resentful about that idea. He sees himself as a servant. Our culture likes the idea of freedom. We don't like to be told what we can do. We want to be free. And yet Paul says his freedom has come as he's submitted to Christ. As he submits, just like Aleph and Gunai have gone down into the waters and says, yes, Jesus, I'm going to live for you. We know that freedom that Jesus brings when we submit to him. Paul has had this amazing journey, isn't he? He was Saul and his life has been literally turned around. He's become the most influential Christian missionary of all time. The letter of Romans captures the essence of this good news. Paul, the one who's literally been blinded by Jesus, he's met with him, he's encountered him and his life has changed. He now wants to visit these people in Rome, but sadly he never gets there. He only ends up in Rome in chains. He doesn't get to meet them in person. He gets to meet them in chains, and eventually he dies at the hands of the authorities there in Rome. So that's who it's written by, and who's it written for? This was probably the best photo or image uh, artist's work of what maybe the early church gathering in, in someone's home might have been like. This good news had reached to Rome, and they reckon there might have been around 200 Christians already there in Rome. And it reached there before Paul did anything to help them, before they received his letter. Some people think it might have got there through the Apostle Paul. Others probably believe that actually there were some there who were merchants on the day of Pentecost, And they heard the good news and they went back to Rome. And so they reckon there was about five house churches in Rome where this good news was beginning to spread. And we can find out what these people were like. Um, They were a diverse group. Uh, The Book of Romans, if you get a chance, have a read of it. It takes you about an hour to read. But have a read of chapter 16. Chapter 16 is amazing. It's basically, when we have a letter, we go... Uh, dear Tony, this is Mark, uh, really nice to meet you, let me tell you about it. thing. The book of Romans and lots of these old, these New Testament letters do it the other way round. They introduce who the writer is and then the final chapter is all the, oh, it's really nice to see you, Tony, and then lists all the people that he's met at the end. Chapter 16 is this beautiful Paul saying, look at all these people that I know and love, send my greetings to... Greet Priscilla and Aquila, who risked their lives for me. Greet the church that meets in the house of my friend Epitonitis, the first convert from Asia. And I love this one. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who's been a mother to me too. Isn't that lovely? Paul knows these people. This is a relational church. They know their lives well. They connect well with each other. Isn't that a beautiful image of church, of life? And Paul's going, come on, greet each other, look after each other, welcome each other. I'd love our church to be more and more like that. We are a loving, welcoming church. But to know our lives and relate well to each other and to care for each other, to have people say, look how they love each other. So here's this church, a real mixed bag of people. Um, Those that were mentioned and they had different names. So Some were Greek, some were Latin, some were Jewish, some were wealthy, some were poor, Jews and Gentiles. A real mixed bag of people doing life together. Messy. A bit like our lives when we come in here and meet together. We're different, aren't we? We're messy. We rub each other up. But Jesus unites them and brings them together. And some of the things that they were facing, they would have been facing persecution they would have been hiding in secret gathering in these rooms opening the letter from paul they would have been tired from their work they would have felt oppressed and yet they were hungry for the truth of the gospel as they gathered and poured over this letter from paul they were hungry we're so thankful aren't we today for our freedom that we have in this country to gather here this morning hearing Ailey from Gunaid's story of not having that freedom, not being able to meet and gather and find out more about Jesus in their own country. And so, Lord, we are so thankful for the freedom we have today. But I'm challenged. Am I hungry? Am I like that early church that go, Lord, I want to open your word. I want to dig in. I want to know you more. And we're challenged. And prayerful for those that are persecuted today around the world. Those Christians that can't meet, that are gathering behind locked doors for fear. Lord, would you be with them today? Would you strengthen them? Would you keep them? Would you be their provider and hope, I pray. And so, that's kind of who Paul is a little bit. And I've done this quick. That's who the church is. But the kind of main bit I want us to get into is... This title for this week is The Gospel. How can we become more confident in our faith? Rome was the place to visit. We saw it a little bit in the video and there's another picture of the seven hills. It was a place to visit just as it is today. Everyone wanted to visit the ancient city of Rome in the first century. It was about a million people. It was huge. The emperor was wealthy and so were the senators and they would have lived in luxury. It was a city that proclaimed wealth and power and victory to the world. While others wanted to visit as a tourist, Paul didn't. He wanted to go as an evangelist. Rome didn't hold anything for Paul. He had something to share with Rome, the good news of our Lord Jesus. And so he says these words. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel, also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Great words for us today to hear. I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The fact that Paul had to declare, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, maybe indicates that he felt some of that internal conflict himself. He's declaring, I'm not ashamed, he's, he's trusting and believing. Paul knew what it was to have be intimidated and to question whether that simple message of Jesus was compelling enough for this culture of the glamour of Rome. But Paul knew what it was to encounter and to have lived his life transformed by Jesus, the one who is risen from the dead. Now, after years of experience, Paul was convinced that Rome needed Jesus, just as our world needs Jesus today. And if I'm honest, and I am going to be honest with you now, sometimes I'm ashamed of the gospel. And you're like, well, Mark, you're a, you're a minister. You've got it all sorted. Surely you, you know what you're doing. Do you trust in Jesus? Yes, I do trust in Jesus. But there's times where I'm quiet in my faith. I don't share Jesus as openly as I should. I don't tell my friends and my families. I look at their lives and think, well, that they're sorted. I don't want to disrupt their lives by talking about Jesus. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. Forgive us when we don't share Jesus. I can be a bit like that father who comes before Jesus and goes, would you heal my son? And then he says, I do believe, help me to overcome my belief. And maybe you're a bit like that. To, Lord, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. I really do believe in you, Jesus. I love you and I'm for you and I'll run this race for you. But there's times where I don't have that same conviction that Paul has. It says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I want to be someone who's changed, God has changed my life and I'm not ashamed to tell others about Jesus because he is good news for this hurting world that we live in. Come, Lord Jesus. Come and fill our lives. Come and fill us afresh. Jesus, I need you more. I do believe in you. Jesus, help me in my unbelief. My prayer for myself and this church is that as we dig into Romans and we study and learn together that we become more like Paul, more confident in our faith in Jesus, more alive because of the power of the gospel in each of our lives and eager to preach and to share the gospel. I say to us, come on, let's do what we believe. Let's share Jesus. Let's live this life for him. He is the one who saves. Come, Lord Jesus. And this gospel is good news. The Greek word is eangelion, referred to the announcement of good news. It would be like saying, it's a girl, I've got a new job, my football team won. That's what it means, gospel is good news. And the Roman Empire were used to proclaiming good news. They were used to saying, we've won this victory, we've brought peace here. They would have declared that Caesar was the one who brings peace. He was the son of God. He was Lord. He was saviour. Paul is literally (laughs) squaring up to the Roman Empire and saying, no, Jesus is good news. He is the son of God. He is the Lord. He is the saviour of the world. The gospel He proclaims, this is from verse 2, Before, through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul is being brave and unashamed in declaring that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is boss. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The gospel isn't new news, Paul is saying here. He's saying it fulfills everything that the Old Testament proclaims. And we're going to see lots of that as we read Romans. Yet the people of Israel, God's Old Testament covenant people, had become part of the problem that they were meant to solve. So Paul is declaring, here is Jesus, the one who can save the problem of being separated from God, who can conquer sin and death and rescue all people. Good news. Gospel news. I'm going to read you a quote from this book. I recommend this book to you if you want to dig into Romans a bit more. This is what our series is based on. It's by Andrew Ollerton, who spoke to us at the B1 service. Romans, a letter that makes sense of life. Grab this. It's really readable and accessible and just great and just helps you read uh, the book of Romans with fresh eyes as well. He says these words. The faithful mystery of Jesus, even to death on a cross, has broken the curse of sin and death and released God's blessing to all people. God's spirit is now calling out a new humanity, the people of the Messiah, to bring hope to the world. This is the good news of the gospel. Jesus' death and resurrection has changed everything. It's changed history. Paul knows that he can't change the world just as you and I can't change the world. Instead, he knows, as he says again in verse 16, it's the gospel Because it is the power of God that brings salvation, what, to just a few people? No, to everyone who believes. It's God's power that brings people to be saved through faith and trust in Jesus. Just like we've seen today with A-Leaf and Gunai. And that power in the gospel comes from the risen Lord Jesus. Verse 4 says this, that through the spirit of holiness, Jesus was appointed the Son of God, in power, by resurrection from the dead. Death and sin have been defeated by Jesus, the Messiah. New life and eternal hope are now available for all. This is the gospel of God. This is good news for everyone here today and for our world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? I'm going to just show you these little images and I might actually, thinking about it, I'm I'm not going to rush it. I might even put something in the top of refresh on this. I think it's good. We sometimes just see um, the salvation, the gospel as being good news for me, that I'm forgiven. But it's more than that. It's like these nesting dolls. It's relational. We're reconciled one to each other. And it's also cosmic. It's even bigger than just me and you. It's that all things are being made new. Isn't that amazing? I will unpick that more, and you can have a read of that, maybe in refresh this week. But I want to land by just challenges, and again, about Paul's words. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to anyone who believes. How confident are you in the gospel? How confident am I in the gospel? I trust and pray that we all become more confident in this amazing good news of Jesus. The one who has the victory. The one who saves. The one who sets people free. Who brings freedom and life. He's changed the world and changed eternity. He has brought freedom. For the captives come lord jesus we say i want to be someone who's not ashamed of the gospel in how i live my life and how i share jesus i want to be someone who has opportunities to speak of god's new good news wherever i go and i was struck by two songs that have been an earworming in my head this week uh, do you ever get that when you get songs as you read a bit of the bible and they stick in your head Both of them classic 90s ones. I'm going to give them a go to finish. I want to be someone who can sing these words. The first one is from um, uh, He is the Lord and He Reigns on High. Verse 2 says this. Your gospel, O Lord, is the hope for our nation. You are the Lord. It's the power of God for our salvation. You are the Lord. There we go. You got that one, yeah? I want to be someone that can go around singing that. God, gospel, O Lord, is the hope for this nation, your world, Lord, your kingdom come, I pray. And the second song, I've been finding some of my old delirious stuff that I just loved when I was first worshipping and drumming. Um, He sings it, doesn't he? Martin Smith, I'm not going to do his voice for you, but Jesus, I can do that one, I can do it, Jesus. (laughs) Um, What does he sing? He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, I'm not ashamed of the one I love. And that's exactly Gunai's words, wasn't it? I love you, Jesus. I'm not ashamed of you. I'm going to proclaim your goodness to everyone I meet because you are good. You are God and you love me and you love this world. We thank you, Jesus. We do thank you. Thank you for Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. We want to proclaim that your gospel is hope for this world. It is a hope for this nation. You are the Lord. It's the power of God for our salvation, for whoever believes. Lord, you've brought us near. You have come, Jesus, to show us the way. And Maybe just in a moment of quiet, I'm just going to ask you, do you know the power of the gospel in your life? Do you know Jesus? Do you have confidence in Jesus today? Maybe there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus but has looked and heard the story from Ailif and Gunai, has heard these words uh, from Paul in the book of Romans and they say, yeah, I want to trust and believe in Jesus Say yes to Jesus today if that is you. Put your trust and your hope in him. And if you want to know more, come and and do Alpha. Come and explore. Come and ask the questions. And if you've been inspired by baptism today and you believe and you've got confidence in the Lord but you want more, come and be baptised. Come and give your yes to Jesus and go through those waters and say, yes, Lord, I'm here. I'm ready. I want to keep going with you, Lord, because you our good news. God, we thank you. Thank you for Jesus. We thank you and we love you. Amen.